This episode is brought to you by KPMG Risk Services. KPMG believes that when you've earned the trust of all your stakeholders, that's when your business has a solid platform to grow. That's the trusted imperative. KPMG Risk Services develop and put in place dynamic risk strategies designed to help your business earn that all-important trust. Go to read.kpmg.us slash trust to learn more. Hey, this is Randy Gage, and you're listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Welcome, everyone. We are going live, and we got some clever people here who figured out how to find the link because I sent next week's link in the reminder email that went out 20 minutes ahead. So we're going to have people joining us late because they, I don't know how long it'll take for the new email link to get out to everybody. Hopefully not long. And let's see, the places like the UK who switched time this week are now, we're going to lose them. That we didn't, the people we kept when the US changed time, we lose today when their country changes time. (laughs) So, but we're here and we're talking about overcoming to become. And let me start with this statement. Let me start with this premise. You are meant to struggle in life. Let me go further and say you can't have true victory without some form of failure. You can't have true happiness without experiencing some form of sadness. And you can't have success without experiencing some form of adversity. So let's make that the foundational premise for what we're going to talk about today. And I'm going to put one more uh, caveat on that beginning statement is that at this point of the broadcast, some of you are saying, well, duh, everybody knows that. (laughs) And other people are saying, are you crazy? Haven't you watched The Secret? Didn't you read Catherine Ponder's book? Didn't you see the last video from Joe Vitale, Mr. Fire? Haven't you watched your old prosperity TV videos? Don't you know that if you use the most positive thinking, you can avoid all adversity, all lack, all limitation, all struggle. And you think I'm crazy to suggest that, no, you are going to have to experience some degree of struggle in your life. So whichever part of that spectrum you might fall on, uh, just bear with me because we're going to do a deep dive into this and show you why it's really important. And I think this could be the most important prosperity lesson we've done so far. I think this is week 14, if, I'm, if my math is correct. I think this week lesson is, is actually the most important for the most people. 
So having said that, let's again welcome everybody. Good morning from Miami. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever else you are in the world. Please check in on the chat and let me know where you're, who you are, where you're watching from. Uh, and you guys on the replay, we want to hear from you. If you're new to the, this is my prosperity ministry, we call it the, the prosperity unchurch. It's not a church, it's not a religion, but we do a celebration service every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern United States time and broadcast it around the world. And then it's replayed every Monday on my Power Prosperity podcast and my Prosperity TV YouTube channel. Uh, it's a for-profit uh, uh, ministry. Um, so here's another person who's got the bad link. <laughs> uh, hey, go to the prosperity live stream on my the homepage on my site, and you'll get the correct link. I actually sent out next week's link. Uh, that's what I did for you guys who are wondering. I thought, well, instead of doing the homepage this week, why don't I send out the direct Zoom invite? And that'll make it easier for people. And of course, we've already posted the, the set up the room for next week so that as we finish this week, I can immediately post it on the page. So of course, being the rocket scientist I was at that moment, I sent out next week's link instead of this week's. Um, so like I say, people will be joining us as we're going along. It looks like the room is filling up. So uh, do me a favor, text a friend, tell a friend. Uh, we got Jose and Jorge, as usual, helping us out with the legendary Paula Z. Let me make Jorge a co-host here. Um, then the lady who makes this all work, just so you know, is the author of this book, you better take a screenshot right now, Paula. Okay, so this book, How to Be a Bulletproof Woman. So for you guys who speak Spanish, this is the book you're going to want to grab. Uh, and we'll keep you posted when, whenever it's available in English or the other languages. So anyway, she's uh, one of our facilitators who helps us get this out. And then Jorge and Jose redo this program in Spanish the following week. So every, like, are you still two hours after Eastern or one now with the time change? That's two? Yeah, so two hours later is a Spanish version of this. So if you want to tell your Spanish friends. Uh, er today the time changes in Mexico also. Yeah, tonight, so tonight the time changes, but for now it's going to start at 11 a.m. Mexico time in three hours. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it makes sense. There's changing the time tonight, not last night. So good. All right. So good to see Lisa Ryan in the house. Mi amigo, mi hermano, herman, Peter, I see you made it, found the correct link. So thank you all for logging in. So let's start with a bad premise. Here's the premise. That magical thinking inoculates you against lack and limitation and suffering. And that's why I open with the, the concept that some of you watching this are 
are going to violently, vehemently disagree with the premise that I built this lesson on because you've been reading these magical thinking books and watching these magical thinking videos and audios on the internet. And there is no shortage of people who will tell you that if you just imagine your dream powerfully enough, you will make it happen. And I don't want to rain on that parade. Uh, I, the, the, the hardest thing I do as I have a high level coaching program and then I consult with people in, you know, with companies in the, in the corporate arena. And then I'm, I'm coaching the presidents or the CEOs or the founders and things like that. And the last thing I ever, ever, ever want to do is rain on somebody's dream. Their belief for some bold, audacious uh, accomplishment that they're seeking to attain. But if you tell me, I believe if I just think positively enough, I can jump off this 15 story building and I can fly. If I really get my consciousness right, and that's not true. There are some immutable laws of the universe that we cannot transcend uh, without extraneous circumstances. And in, in that example I just gave, gravity would be one. You can be very positive. You can have a dream board about flying off the building. You can have affirmations about flying off the building. You can visualize flying off the building. You can watch positive uh, you can watch The Secret 27 times and imagine flying off the building. Gravity's going to win. So I don't say that to be negative. Do you have to understand? There is this fundamental balance in the universe. The Asian culture, we speak of yin and yang, right? We talk about masculine, feminine. Sometimes we talk about positive, negative. Um, I, I, I kind of dislike the positive, negative terminology because we have created a connotation of negative as bad. And that's not actually the case. Negative and positive are equal uh, opposing, but equal forces. And there's not a good one or a bad one. When I want to play softball on a Sunday and it rains, well, I think the rain is bad. But when I'm cultivating a garden and it rains and waters my plants and vegetables, I think rain is good. I think it's positive, right? So that negative or positive, bad or good connotation is not anything scientific. It's not anything foundational. It's an emotion that we're attaching to a certain outcome. So, uh, but, and I don't, I don't even know how to say this without coming across to some people as base or, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, snarky or mean or condescending or judgmental, I'm not. I, I'm trying to speak the following truth with love and understanding, uh, helping you on what 
what will help you manifest more prosperity in your life. So the only thing I can say is Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, who were co-founders of the Unity Movement, and I think some of the most forward prosperity consciousness thinkers in the last century, they both still died. They didn't have positive mental attitude, which caused them to live forever. There's probably nobody better on earth has ever been who understood the connection between science and mind, or better known as the science of mind, than Ernest Holmes. Or if we talked about the, um, the connection between thought and circumstance, nobody did that better than James Allen. If we talk about how do we think and grow rich, nobody really did a deep dive into that any better than Napoleon Hill, yet they all died, right? And again, I'm not saying that to be snarky. I'm saying that so we got to live with reality. Um, Wayne Dyer, what an inspiration he was, Dr. Dyer, to millions and millions of people. He still got leukemia. He still died of a heart attack, right? I... It's funny, whenever I post anything on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, anything that, you know, if I do this, okay, on my YouTube show, somebody's going to go down in the comment and say, why do you have a cold? Or why do you have allergies? Why is your nose wrong? You know, aren't you supposed to be a prosperity guru? I thought that, you know, this stuff doesn't happen to you guys, <laughs> Okay. It's not that way. That's not how it works in the real world, okay? I, uh, I got a, uh, a flat tire on my Range Rover, right? I had to go in and get new tires last week. Um, and that was the thing I posted in the blog. Somebody, you know, I got one of those comments like, well, you know, you're not thinking positive enough. Why, you know, why does this, you know, why did somebody, I, I, other times, remember when we see the, the trolls we get on here and whatever, somebody say, well, how are you attracting those trolls if you're such a, a light of consciousness and being? <laughs> so here's what I want you to understand. The bad premise is that magical thinking inoculates you against lack, limitation, disease, sickness, suffering, unhappiness. That's a bad premise. It's not true. The actual premise, suffering and lack, are not only a normal part of life, but they're also a necessary part of life. Um, and I think what we want to talk about to really break through in this lesson is the role of self-development. Because people say, and people think, hey, if I watch The Secret enough times, my Lamborghini is going to drive itself into my driveway. Uh, if I read enough positive mental act, you know, attitude books, I will be able to transcend death and live forever. Now, here's the thing. I'm never going to tell anyone they can't transcend death. Because if you read my book, Mad Genius, or if you read my book, Risky is the New Safe, I believe that there are people 
on the earth right now who may live forever because they were born uh, close enough to the time where we will get to a point where we're able to download consciousness onto a flash drive, onto a hard drive. Uh, we will reach a point where we might be able to download consciousness and transfer it from one body to another body. If you saw the, it's a great sci-fi series on Netflix called Altered States. And that's really the kind of the basis of that show is that the body is just, they call them sleeves. So at some point you just get a new sleeve. That may sound preposterous, but with the advancements in biotechnology and medical sciences, that's really not preposterous that 15 years from now, 30 years from now, that will be a viable option. So I don't want to say, hey, you can't live forever because maybe some of you watching this will live forever or maybe you will live, you know, there are probably people watching this either live right now or on the replay. I guarantee you there are people watching this who will live to be 200 years old at least because we're at a point in scientific development. And if they were born in the last 20 years, there's a, there's a, a, a very much a non-zero chance, uh, you know, a very high probability chance that they will be able to live to at least 200 years old with the advances in medical technology that are gonna happen during their lifetime. So, but I've still gotta be the guy who says, wait a minute, don't jump off the building right now believing you can fly because we haven't developed that technology enough yet, okay? So please be cognizant of the distinction there. So um, here's what I think we've got to understand when I talk about the role of self-development and personal growth, because I believe in all that stuff. Joe Vitale is a friend of mine. I found Catherine Ponder's books extremely helpful to me when I first discovered prosperity, uh, you know, first began studying prosperity. I'm not trying to throw shade on those people. I mean, 80% of the people who star in the secret movie are friends of mine. Literally 80%. If you go through the list, you know, who's in the secret? You know, who's Bob Proctor, D. Martini, Joe Vitale? You know, these are all friends of mine. So I'm not throwing shade on that. I'm throwing shade on the interpretation, which has somehow trickled out into the self-development community where people have developed this magical thinking. And they believe that it's possible to reach a state of consciousness where lack, limitation, disease, death, none of those rules apply. And I'm telling you, that's not the case. What can we do in terms of self-development? Affirmations, vision boards, goal setting, thinking positive, healthy living, you know, we eat clean and drink clean, having empathy and love and understanding for our fellow humans and our fellow creatures we share the planet with, maybe the fellow creatures we share the universe with or other universes with, who knows? The, all those things 
can help you reduce lack and limitation. People who set a goal are more likely to achieve it than people who don't set a goal. People who set a goal and visualize it are more likely to achieve it than people who don't. People who set a goal, visualize it, write down affirmations, speak the affirmations out loud, post it on their vision board, include it in their screenplay of a perfect day, all of those things we've been talking about in the last couple of weeks' lessons, they're dramatically, exponentially more likely to achieve that goal than people who don't do those things. And by the same token, people who do those things are less likely to get a flat tire. They're less likely to get a cold or coronavirus or cancer or any dis-ease. They're less likely to be poor. They're less likely to be in negative dysfunctional relationships. They're less likely to be unhappy because all of those things that we talk about, that Joe Vitality talks about, that the, are mentioned in the secret that Catherine Ponder details in her books, the things I've talked about in some of these earlier lessons, these are all viable things that program your subconscious mind and create a positive vision, which create positive expectations, which cause you to set bolder goals, which allows you to believe in them and have more confidence, which allows you to attract other people who support and believe in your dream and ultimately allow you to become more successful achieving those things. So I love all of the things we do in self-development to, uh, to reduce lack and limitation. Remember last week, the topic was being poor is a sin. And I was comfortable doing that title and that show because of the, I gave you three examples, the, the actual definition of sin in the Bible written in Aramaic, the, which was the original language of the Bible, uh, sin is described as uh, missing the mark. And I feel like, okay, when we're not manifesting prosperity, we're missing the mark. I also feel like uh, the other, the second definition was the Course in Miracles. They describe sin, they define sin as a lack of love. And I said, hey, I'm, I'm okay with that definition because I believe when we live in lack, we're living, uh, we're not accepting the love that is meant for us. And then my own personal definition that I shared with you guys last week was that I believe uh, being poor is a crime against humanity. I believe when we're living in lack and limitation, it is a, uh, an insult to the force which created us, that we are, we're, we're, we're it's a, why I say, I, I use that language, a crime against humanity, a crime against all that is sacred, a crime against our basic nature. 
because I believe we are meant to be healthy, happy, and prosperous. But if I use my own self as an example, I had to be raised in poverty in order for me to truly appreciate the wealth which I was later able to develop. I had to experience sickness to appreciate, I, I had to get, I had to lose my health first in order to appreciate it and recognize the need to work toward it. That I have to be a co-creator in my wellness. That it isn't a preordained or predetermined destiny. And I had to lose loved ones in order to appreciate the loved ones that I have left to the level that they really should. I was just I was going out the door yesterday, going to the gym, but I looked at my phone. It was a, a phone call from my sister. So even though I was all done, my drink, my protein shake, it was already the time was right for me to go in there and get the best results. No, this was Lisa calling. So I stopped and I picked up the phone because her birthday was the day before her birthday's April 1st. And um, I had left her a message because she was out with her boyfriend and, you know, celebrating her dinner. And she called me back and I got the opportunity to speak with her for 25 minutes. I call my mother every week and I call and I talk until she has no more. I listen, really. OK, I listen until she has nothing more that she wants to tell me. When she says, well, I don't really know anything else. I can't, you know, I'm just sitting here in quarantine and nothing's really changed. I don't know. I say, OK, well, I just wanted to check in with your mom and tell you how much I love you. And I'll talk to you again next week, right? If she talks 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. I'm going to savor that because I can't do that with my grandmother. She's no longer with us. I can't do that with my grandfather. She, he's no longer with us. I can't do that with aunts and uncles who are no longer with us. You know, I had a friend jump off a building to kill himself two and a half weeks ago, right? Um, they identified him by his fingerprints. So the only way the police could tell who he was. He was just a, a, a normal person here who struggled with depression like millions and millions of other people like I have in the past. And he took his life and I'm, you know, I, I don't even want to do like an actual count, but I'm like, is he the sixth friend I know who took his life? Is he the eighth friend? I don't know. I mean, the number is astounding to me, right? It truly is an epidemic in the world right now. And by the way, that's why I wrote Radical Rebirth. Please understand, you don't have to kill yourself. You can kill off parts of yourself that you don't like. That's what saved me from killing myself is I recognize, hey, I don't need to kill myself. I can kill off the parts of me that I don't like. 
right? So please keep that in mind and get professional help. That's the other thing that I did is I was, you know, fortunate enough to get professional help. Okay. So um, keep that in mind as well. Um, but the fact that I have lost those people makes the people that I still have even more special for me, right? I get to appreciate them in a way that I, I simply couldn't if I didn't experience some form of loss. And I promise every one of you in, within the sound of my voice right now, it is the same for you. I don't like that. I did not want to lose my grandmother. I loved and adored my grandmother. I didn't want to lose her. But there is, you know, I've, I find a lot of comfort in stoicism, recognizing that there are things in my life that I can't control. And I can't waste time about them, right? I have to celebrate. And I do this on the macro level, like losing my grandmother and then making sure I take time to talk with my sister to call my mother, right? And I do it on the micro level too. I mean, so last week I'm, the, I, I'm coaching a softball team and I did not put together the roster the there were a couple of teams in lower divisions they decided hey we want to form an upper division team so they recruited people and i was one of the people they recruited and then the manager of the call it the franchise right said hey randy would you coach the the upper team so i said okay so i didn't get to pick these guys they were picked for me and some of them just don't quite have the passion for the team and the league that everybody else does, right? So we had a 10 a.m. game, and at 10 a.m., I had eight players there. You need 10 players to play softball. Minimum you need is nine, right? So, but I had eight, and the manager comes up to me. And he says, uh, you know, it's like one minute before game time, and he's like, are, are you aware what's going on? Did they tell you? And I'm like... Johnny, do you think I'm not aware? Welcome to my life. He's like, well, you seem to be taking this pretty well. I'm like, Johnny, I have no control over this. Fortunately, my team is batting first. So I ripped up my lineup. I took the two guys who aren't here and I put them on the bottom of the lineup. So hopefully uh, they'll be here by the time it comes up or hopefully they'll be here by the time we have to go to the field. And if not, I'm going to have to play with the guys I got until I get here. There's nothing I can do about that. Right. So micro mini, you know, you still have to accept there are some things we, we don't control. I thought it was unfortunate that I got a um, flat tire on my Range Rover. Right. I'm also not so arrogant to recognize how blessed I am to have a, a special edition Range Rover designed for Land Rover by Victoria Beckham, which only was a hundred made and only three came to the United States. And I bought one of the three and paid an extra $50,000 to get that car. Uh, I'm not oblivious to how blessed I am to have that. 
and recognize that, you know, that's my first world problem that I, I, I had to got to spend $1,500 to buy some new tires for my Range Rover, right? And recognize that uh, as well built as it is, as well maintained as it is, there still will be inconveniences and times it has to go to the dealership. It's all part of the game, yo. And it's the same way in life. We, believe me, at some point, if we found a way to prevent death for everybody, at some point we would say, this does not work. We cannot sustain a planet with 40 billion people on it. And if we don't find an auxiliary planet fast, we're going to be in serious trouble. Right? Everything is yin and yang. Again, it's not positive, negative. It's not good, bad. It's yin, yang. We don't, you know, the, the, the good, bad, that's just uh, 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 emotions we assign to that. Um, let me just make, oh, Jose is not? Okay, so let me, uh, Mark Jose, let me find him. Just want to make sure I got all my co-hosts in the thing. Bear with me. I got to find got a lot of people in this room today. Mary Ellen Lapp, good to see you. Caroline de Posada, amorcita de mi vida. So happy to see you here. Uh, Marianne, good to see you. You're here every week. Um, okay, where is... Did Jose disappear on me? Uh Too many screens. Uh, That's good to have too many screens. That means there's a lot of people from everywhere. It is. Oh, because Jose has his camera turned off. So he was this black box. All right. That's why I didn't see him right away. And Vulva and who's ever with you, you guys look so happy. And the couple we had who was dancing earlier, I didn't get to see your name, but it was so nice to see you uh, celebrating life and prosperity like that. Bless you guys. All right. So back to the topic. What's the secret of the secret, right? What's the secret of actually... What is this book you're putting up, Jorge? Um, Inteligencia de la Comunicación. What is, what, why are you putting that up? Or is that just your normal, uh, your screen capture? It's just a screen capture. No, that's just my screen capture. I changed my photo this week because we're working with a company and that's the name of the, the training we've been doing with them. It's called the Communications Intelligence. Okay, okay. I wanted to know if there was some book or something I should be referencing. Okay, good. No, 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 no. You'll be doing that soon. <laughs> all right, good. Thank you. Um, all right, so what's the secret of how do we make this work? If we say, well, but I don't want people I love to die. I don't want to die myself. I don't want the people I love to get sick. I get it. But what's the secret? Number one, I'm going to give you four parts of this. The first part is you, you have to accept challenges. Whether we call them challenges, adversity, disease, 
death, suffering, misery, all of these things are in this beautiful mosaic, this beautiful kaleidoscope that we call life. And you have to accept that. You have to accept there is no magical thinking that will protect me against that. There is magical thinking which can, I can be more of a co-creator and reduce those things and adjust those things so that I have a more prosperous equation for my daily life. Somebody type that in the chat. A more prosperous equation for my personal life, for my life of prosperity. Second element, really important, is you have to resist the urge to become a victim. Because that's one of the things some of you may be thinking. You say, oh, great for you, Gage. You're living in the United States with your special edition Range Rover. I'm in San Salvador in a pocket of immense poverty with all kind of systemic challenges against me. We have a lot of people from Africa on here every week. They're living in, many of them living in areas of systemic poverty, lack, and limitation. Uh, many of you are, are from are watching in countries that have done a horrific job with the coronavirus and you're in lockdown, you know, Germany's in a lockdown right now, Czech Republic's in a lockdown right now, France started today, Poland is in one, um, right? So a lot of you are in areas where Brazil is, forget about it, you know. Um, we all have examples of things we can, we can show that we, are being or have been victimized. But here's the key, guys. You can recognize you're being victimized without choosing to become a victim. You can say, okay, somebody exploited me on that situation. You know, you go and you buy a car and then you search on the internet afterward and you find out, oh my God, I overpaid a thousand dollars more than I had to for that car. Okay, some some salesman exploited me to get an extra thousand dollars. Okay, it is what it is. You can accept that you were victimized in that particular scenario because you didn't do your due diligence. You didn't learn what you should have learned before you shop. You could take some personal responsibility for it. Or you could just say, okay, I was dumb and I got victimized, but not choose to live your life in victimhood. Not choose to become a professional victim and give up the fight and say, there's no need to listen to podcasts. There's no need to work on myself. There's no need to educate because the, the, the odds are stacked against me. I'm never going to win. You don't have to give up and become a victim. Third element of all this is finding the hidden blessings. I just, uh, you know, I have been blessed so many times when I thought I was being victimized 
There were so many times I just was whining and moaning about the closed door and didn't realize there's a wide open window right next door to it, right? I didn't realize that um, getting turned down for things would ultimately be to my benefit, that missing out on things would ultimately be to my benefit, that horrific accidents and circumstances which happened to me ultimately were so much for my highest good. Uh, it's crazy. I mean, uh, when I really look at it. Um, so you got to look for some of that. Sometimes it's not, sometimes it's obvious, but other times it's not obvious, right? And we, we need to find the hidden blessings. And then the fourth part of this that I think is the most important is we have to learn the lessons that the universe is sending us. You know, I had to lose my health in order to end a, my addiction to drugs, right? I, I had to become a crystal meth addict in order to real. And I thought I was a, a, a shining beacon of prosperity consciousness, a shine, you know, I was successful, I was wealthy, I was semi-famous, um, and I thought I had it all going on and that, well, you know, I can be a recreational drug user. It just was a lie that I sold myself. And when I was sitting in my doctor's office and he said to me, Listen, there's a lot of things I can do for you, but if you're going to keep partying, I can't save you. You will die. There's nothing I can do. If you're going to do meth, there's nothing I can do to save you, right? We all face, hopefully you don't have to face such a stark reality as I did, but probably you did. Probably everyone watching this at some point or another has or will face that kind of uh, decision where you recognize, where, where you need the lesson in order to develop the awareness. Because humans, we love to lie to ourselves. We love to live in delusion. We love to convince ourselves that we have somehow transcended the, the laws of the universe and they're going to make an exception for us because we have magical thinking and we read magical books and that's just not the case. And when I say learning the lesson, lessons, what I'm really talking about is the theme of our lesson today, which is we are overcoming to become. We are overcoming to become. That's why I say this week may be the most important of all the lessons we've done thus far, because we need the adversity. We need the challenges. We need the obstacles. Think of, you know, you guys who are parents know when you have a young toddler and you get them out to the park for the first time or the beach for the first time and they're toddling around and they start eating dirt, right? You're hysterical. You want to run over and stop them and you know, rinse out their mouth and wash your hands. But the truth is when they eat dirt, 
they develop antibodies to the germs that are in that dirt. And it's actually healthy for most kids, most of the time, to eat that dirt once or twice. Right? I, you know, you, we have people from Peru on here. You know, Pe Peru is one of my favorite, favorite cities and uh, countries in the whole world. Um, but it's a third world country, right? There's a huge swath, a huge percentage of the population that isn't within five miles of electricity or potable water. And I can tell you, even in Lima, the capital city, the water is, <laughs> let me not affirm something bad here. The water is challenging to somebody like me who comes from the United States, right? And I don't drink water from the tap, right? I don't even drink, uh, you know, at first I was drinking the bottled water in the hotel, but of course that bottled water came from Peru. And there's so much bacteria in the water in Peru that isn't in the water in the United States that I got deathly sick probably the first four or five times I went there. And then of course I went there enough and it's just like, then I stopped drinking the hotel water and I only got like uh, Fiji water or Avion or something from a, a first world country, but just taking a shower, you still get the water in your body. You still get the bacteria, right? And it's probably five times, six times I went so frequently that, you know what? My body developed antibodies and then I could go and visit Peru and not worry about getting sick you know, and retching out on the plane ride home. Uh, that's what happens with that. That's what's happening with coronavirus. That's what's happening with all viruses, right? With SARS, with all of those is we develop immunity. And so there are things like that, that we have to recognize, well, ideally on the surface, this doesn't look like a beneficial outcome, but ultimately this will produce a beneficial outcome. And the, the thing I want you to understand is if you're trying to avoid all suffering with magical thinking, it's like trying to grow daffodils without water. It's like trying to grow orchids without water. You've got to have the rain to nourish the crops. It's yin and yang. There is no good or bad there. All right. I did want to check in on the homework from last week. I'm looking for a... I, I asked you two questions and then I gave you an assignment. Um, I asked you to, to, to review the following two questions. Are you wearing poverty as a badge of honor? Are you using poverty to wallow in victimhood. So those were the two questions I challenged you to think about. And then the assignment I gave you was to define how and why you are committing a sin when you're living in lack or limitation. And I wanna get a volunteer or two to review that homework because I think it's really applicable to this lesson we have uh, today. Right. It really shows us how this comes into play. All right. I see Ryan has his hand up. I'm going to. OK, so I'm asking you to unmute. So if you can unmute and share yep. your homework, please, Ryan. OK, I actually wrote it down. I was pondering on it this morning. Can you still see me? Uh, well, your screen went black, but we okay. hear you. 
Okay, okay. So I wrote, um, being poor is a sin because limitation, poverty, and lack is a violation of our created value and purpose. I'm committing a sin when I live in lack or limitation, and it reveals that I'm allowing an inferior entity to govern my consciousness and subconscious mind, conscious and subconscious mind. It is a sin because it is missing the mark of our inherent value. When we believe and see our true value, we can begin to live and contribute to ourselves and others in a holistic and fulfilling way that is not possible when we are allowing ourselves to be governed by lack and unworthiness. Unworthiness opens the doorway to poverty and lack. This sin robs us of experiencing our potential, experiencing others, and experiencing life the way it was intended to. Lack consciousness is rooted in fear and robs us of being who we were born to be, which causes ourselves and others to suffer need needlessly. Being poor is a sin. All right. I love it. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> love it. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I really, really appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you for that headline. That was really that really stuck out to me being poor as a sin that like hit something internal for me so thank you yeah you're very welcome all right so um really if you didn't do that last week and if you didn't see the the lesson last week this that's a great one to go back and replay and just ask yourself those questions am i wearing poverty as a badge of honor because i've created some subliminal programming that it's noble or spiritual to be poor and the other question, of course, is, am I using poverty to wallow in victimhood, right? Because when we wallow in victimhood, we give away our power and we don't have to take personal responsibility. Say, my ex-wife took everything in the divorce. It's not my fault. Oh, I was in the such you know i was in the cruise industry and then covid hit and it's not my fault i was wiped out i'm a victim there's nothing i could do it was all preordained it was all predetermined you can't give up that you can't give away your power all right uh paula would you put up the go page please uh we're gonna for you guys who are new this is a, a for-profit prosperity ministry meaning you pay whatever you think it's worth. I don't put up a, uh, a paywall. We put it out there. So everyone in the world who wants this treaty, this teaching can get it. Um, so I want to talk about that. And then I want to give you your assignments. So don't go away. If you go to this page, that's where you can support the work. And, uh, you know, kind of run it like a 10, a 12 step program. If everybody just self supported even if it's a dollar a week or $5 a week, we get a lot of people who contribute that amount. Uh, and I love to see that because and do it at whatever level is meaningful for you. Um, so that's the page. You can do Venmo, PayPal, debit card, however you like. Uh, let's bring up the offering statement, please, Paula. So for you guys who are supporting the work, um, here's the statement. I want to send this energy out around the universe through the internet. You can speak it along with me if you want to. Prosperity begins with me. 
holding this seed offering in my hand or my heart, I send it forth as a vessel of hope, healing, and highest good, knowing it blesses myself, the recipient, and the universe around us. Amen. <laughs> All right, let me give you your assignments. I have two of them this week. Assignment number one. Think of the best example in your life when a closed door led to a better outcome. Number one, think of the, the best example in your life where you suffered a loss, a tragedy, a setback, a defeat, a, a closed door in some way, and that closed door actually led to a better outcome. So really be worth your while to do a little thinking on this and, and come up with what you believe was the best example of that. And then assignment number two, list the three greatest setbacks or challenges that created the most growth for you. The three setbacks or challenges that created the most growth for you. Like, I will tell you, um, I had my, my restaurant seized by the IRS, the tax authorities here in the U.S., because um, I didn't pay the taxes and couldn't pay the taxes. And I was bootstrapping it with a partner, and we were struggling, and we didn't uh, uh, stay current with the taxes. And they came in and pounded the restaurant and auctioned it off at the courthouse to pay a portion of the debts that I owed. I was devastated, absolutely devastated. So, I mean, I, I was $55,000 in debt, which at that point in my life might as well have been 55 million. Um, I, I had no, uh, no home. I didn't own my own car. I didn't own my own home. I ended up selling my furniture, sleeping on the floor. But that allowed me to escape the restaurant business which was all I knew because I started as a minimum wage dishwasher and I worked my way up to cook and waiter and manager trainee and assistant manager and fun, you know, and that's all I knew. So I thought the pinnacle of success was to try and open my own restaurant. And because of that, I went back into direct selling. I made millions of dollars in that business because of that. I became a speaker and trainer. Because of that, I became a writer. I had always wanted to write a book my whole life. But if, if they would not have seized my restaurant, I would have never written a book. I would still be working 18 hours a day, sweating and greasy in my restaurant if I didn't have that blessing of having the, the restaurant seized and auctioned off and closed down. Right. That's the that's the lessons. I say we look for the lessons that the universe is teaching us. And in, in that case, the lesson for me was, hey, I needed to develop new skills, new attributes, new character traits. I had to work on myself and I needed that wake up call from the universe in order to do that successfully.
So really take some time and do the homework. And as you can see, I'll be checking next week, right? We'll come back and I'll ask a couple of you to share your thoughts on this because I think it'll be really important for you. And um, uh, let's close with an affirmation and then I'm going to tell you what the, uh, what the lesson is going to be for next week. Let me just check if this is the Spanish links. Okay, so oh, that's Paula. That's your book, I think, right? That's the link on Amazon for um, no, their books. If Pan wanted direct selling success, people were asking. Oh, okay. And uh, do we have a link for Paula's book in here yet? If not, Paula, no, I'll, would you? I'll share it in a moment. Thank you. Yeah, please put that in. And then I do see Reflexiones de Prosperidad en Español. A las once en punto, CDMX. What, what is that? Cedar District de Mexico. What, what does CDMX stand for again? Mexico City. Ciudad de Mexico. Yeah. I was thinking I was looking for District Federales, DF. That's what I was looking for. They change it a year ago. You know, so people say that still, but they change it from DF to CDMX. Okay, so that's 11 a.m. Mexico, which is 12 noon, Colombian Ecuador. That is the Spanish version of the service. All right, so here's the affirmation. We celebrate the following truth. We have prosperity because we choose to accept it. We circulate prosperity joyfully, lovingly, and gratefully. We become prosperity by generous daily living. Prosperity surrounds us everywhere in the universe, yet we know it begins with us. All right, so next week, the lesson is going to be, and remember, if you're in UK or somewhere who changes the time tonight, it's going to be an hour earlier, I guess, because we spring forward in the north. Um, but check your local time. So next week, the lesson is attracting or repelling prosperity. So thanks, everybody, from watching. Thank you all on the replay. Peace, love, and unicorns. Hey, thanks for listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Do me a favor and practice the circulation law of prosperity and tell people about Prosperity TV. So if you would, just put something up on your Tumblr, your Twitter, your Facebook, your YouTube. Uh, let people know what you think of the Power of Prosperity podcast. Even take a screenshot of your phone and maybe post that picture uh, so we can build the community here at the podcast. Thanks, guys.